welcome to Archie Digest, a Riverdale podcast. It's a podcast about a story about a town. Uh, before we get into our introductions, we have a guest this week, a first guest, and finally, thank God, someone who's not a dude. It is Brittany from the Flash Podcast. Say hey, Brittany. Hey, Brittany. Yeah, I like her already. <laughs> I like her. Uh, I'm I'm Chris. I'm from ScreenerTV.com. I'm Craig from KSiteTV.com. And I'm Russ from ComicBook.com. Hey. So, Brittany, why don't you tell us some more about yourself? Um, I'm so I'm on the Flash podcast. I also write for the Marvel Report, and I also write for Screen Rant. Nice. That's a lot of stuff. You are way busier than I am. <laughs> I try. So, uh, who's your favorite character on Riverdale? I think it's like a episodal thing. Like, I feel like Veronica started out being my favorite character, and then. I really like Josie at some point, and then Cheryl, like last week, was by far my favorite character because she just went, you know, full out crazy, and I love it. I love that about her. And then this week, correct answer was Jughead. I was gonna say this week Jughead was my favorite because honestly, I wasn't feeling him that much. But then this week, I was like, I'm on, I'm on board. I'm Team Jughead now. That's awesome. I will admit, when I watch the show now, and when Jughead's speaking, I'm like, is that his narration or is that him? If I'm not like looking at the screen. How pretentious is he? He's like mumble. He's mumbling to himself. Just yeah, yeah. We don't ever see him writing the book anymore. There was a lot of him sitting at his computer typing away in the pilot. That doesn't happen so much now. I, I was thinking somebody should just do an audio file of all of Jughead's narrations. It could be like Jason Blossom cereal. If that's you know, not on YouTube, I'm shocked. Yeah, you know they actually did that with Twin Peaks. They released a. Uh, I can't remember what it was called, but they released an audiobook that was all of Dale Cooper's recordings to Diane. I'm into Those it. Are my, I watched three episodes of Twin Peaks. I'm going to watch the rest, but that was my favorite part was, it was Diane. I had like a whole backstory. Oh, sir. How did we know back then that he was talking to Laura Dern? And now we're making Twin Peaks jokes that like if five I, people listen. Machen, no, if you're no, listening. Listen, <laughs> Twin Peaks is a very popular show that's coming back, and if ever there was another show to reference Twin Peaks with, it's probably this one. Fair. As I do on a regular basis. Yes. But what we're here to talk about now is episode six, Faster Pussycats, Kill, Kill, Heavy Josie and the Pussycats episode. Thank God. True. And uh, one thing I'm going to tell you, uh, when we talked to Ashley Marie on our last set visit, her enthusiasm about getting into that outfit, mm-hmm. was, it was, like, so adorable. I'm actually, like, literally now. The fact that they had the costume and the tail, and, like, they curved it, and they, like, they had the wire on us, and it moved. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God, that day. It was just, like, oh, that was my favorite, favorite, favorite day of shooting, hands down, was that was when we actually got to do it. And we went in, and they had the huge set, and the Josie and the Pussycats, and the big cat head, and I was just, oh! <laughs> yeah, that was the audio clip of Ashley Murray talking about her excitement for this. They were all very over the moon about it because they got to do the classic Pussycat. And they got to wear long tails with ears for hats, yeah. and Kevin got to make a reference to that. Yes, I did that. like that. <laughs> <laughs> Neat, uh, sweet, groovy song. I did come along. Long tails and ears for hats Guitars and Marshall stacks Hot, sweet, super cool Don't I know these kitties rule? Hooray, hooray! But what I will say <laughs> is that there was one extra Pussycat on stage who was, I can't... I, 
first we talked a weeks ago about how Veronica was going, how they yeah. they kind of spoiled their own surprise and having. Though she didn't sing. Though she well, she kind of sang. She was there. She wasn't playing an instrument. But isn't it appropriate that this week we have a fourth pussycat on our show? But she I'm, actually is contributing and singing in am, our. Am band. I the Veronica of this podcast right now? You're you're Veronica, which means you're awesome because Veronica. I mean, yeah, I'm totally fine with it. I call dibs on Rosario Dawson. <laughs> I call dibs on no. Sorry, I call dibs on uh, <laughs> Rachel Lee Josie. Cook? No, Ashley Murray. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> I was actually uh, Josie in the Pussycats for Halloween. Well, nice. not the Pussycats. I was just Josie for Halloween. Well, yeah, it would be hard to be all three. Yeah. Man, I'm bad at Halloween. I think we're all just going to be Jughead because we all have the crown. No, um, <laughs> I took notes of what I wanted to talk about, so I'm going from memory because I had to turn my phone off because it decided to start downloading a big file. And All right, r- run us through so, I do remember that I started with being amused by how Alice Cooper says Jughead. She's like, okay, Jughead. It it sounds like foreign language coming out of her mouth. (laughs) She's just like, what the hell is a Jughead? I I I was just confused. I was like, sorry? I was just saying, I was confused about how he got invited to breakfast. Like, it was just totally normal. Like, oh, yeah, hey, I invited my friend to breakfast. Like, did, where did it's he come from? Did he stay the night? Where's his family? Like the mom had no questions. It was totally just like that's fine. Come, orange juice. I will say that him very, being homeless makes the idea of Jughead cool. hoovering food a little bit less funny. Yeah, it's kind of sad. <laughs> what were you saying? Chris? But for me, are when all of the adults refer like because Fred Andrews does it too. Refers to him as Jughead. I'm like, it sounds so weird when grownups do it. I don't. <laughs> know how I feel about this. Shouldn't you guys just call him Forsyth? I bet you Grundy would call him Jughead. <laughs> Must you speak the name? <laughs> I'm rid ourselves of the pedophile of Riverdale <laughs> and you just bring it back. Season three, return of Jennifer Gibson. If it doesn't happen in season two, I'm shocked. Yeah, oh yeah. If it doesn't happen at the end of this season, I feel like I'd be kind of surprised. Maybe Let's just hope she, she, she's the killer. It was Miss Grundy. We've, that's Grundy. Grundy is what we've talked about because, yeah. like, there are some weird, unexplained circumstances with. Oh well, she used to tutor Jason. Quote unquote. But I, I the kids are calling it these days. I I kind of wondered if that was actually true, or if she says that she used to tutor Jason because that's an unverifiable story. Ooh. Interesting. I still think there's something weird in the whole puzzle piece of this show, like that Grundy and Archie just happened to be at the river's edge the day all this was going down. But as we find out, that wasn't the day it was all going down because he wasn't killed until a week later. But I mean, somebody it could have been somebody seeing if he was going to run off with Polly or, you know. I mean, it was... Rewatching this episode today, I was pretty amazed by just like how much was going down at the exact same time. It's like Polly was yeah. shipped off on July fourth. Like well, they were open. Well, I guess we should <laughs> let's let's go. Let's yeah. sort of start at the beginning of that. We finally got to meet Polly. Yeah. Hey, it confirmed she is definitely not a figment of Betty's imagination or She's another personalities. So that's great, but also she's pregnant. Yes. Which is nuts. What was your reaction when you first saw that? I was like, why is... 
first of all, when we first introduced Polly, it's just the reaction on her face. I was like, oh, no, she's a crazy person. She's a lunatic, so she's in an institution. And then I realized she was just happy to see her sister. But she played it like crazy. She's still kind of, like, I kind of wonder if Polly actually is kind of crazy. She seems a little manic yeah. at times. Yeah, there's still, I don't trust her all the way. Like, I'm kind of, I was kind of like, maybe the parents aren't that far off. Like, I don't know. I don't, just, I don't trust her. Listen, Betty, your parents, they had their... They mean... I will say, though, when uh, Alice Cooper had her little bit of tears, where she's like, how could you say it's your father? I was totally getting, like, Twin Peaks crying flashbacks. <laughs> they, like, cry for, like, five minutes over the music. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I actually, I have a, a kind of alternate thing that's Alice-y, which is that uh, as awful as she was in this episode, we saw what really felt to me like some of the first genuine emotion out of her. Like, she genuinely seemed really upset when they were pulling Polly away. Yeah. I noticed that, too. I would agree. Which, it's weird to see her have an honest reaction to anything. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's very off-putting. Maybe that journalism convention she went to just, like, changed her. It was actually, like, a self-help seminar? Yeah, maybe. There you go. It, it, it disappointed me, speaking of, you know, people being away, it disappointed me that there was no Cheryl this week. I guess she's on the Thea plan right now, so. That's all right. She'll be back. <laughs> yeah, she you know, she'll be back next week if somebody loses their jobs or something like that. Yeah. You know? She could have been infused in, like, the pussycat drama, because she's friends with Josie. Like, it would have made more sense. I feel like not that Josie showed up for her brother's such funeral. Good friends with Josie, they both disappear from each other all the time. That's true. She was paying her back. She was like, "This is what happens when you don't come to my brother's funeral." When I look so good. Although I will say, when we like the, during our first set visit was when they were shooting this, and um, if you remember the way they described that friendship when they talked to us way back then, was basically that they had their own little fiefdoms and that there was almost a friendship of like strategic importance. Yeah. Like uh, two queens of their own kingdoms who are like, you know, respectfully nodding at each other. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That makes sense. And that totally fits with what we've seen the last two weeks. Uh, even if it doesn't fit with what they actually stated in previous episodes. Well, plus I like, and I don't know if this makes me a jerk, but like, I don't see Josie being friends with people she like her concern is the pussycats and that's about it i thought it, not in a bad yeah. way like she's dedicated but mm-hmm. she doesn't seem to be someone who's like let's have girls night or like let's all go to the movies like no she's working on her music 24 7 i thought it was really interesting this week one thing uh was seeing how her mother treats her and her father differently mm-hmm. like her father his doing music is just like a pipe dream whatever but, like, you know, Mayor McCoy is totally like, Josie, you know, do your music, encouraging her. And I thought that was just, like, a really interesting dynamic. And it was also interesting to see how much of a jerk Josie's father was. I don't know. Mayor McCoy said one thing that really unsettled me and made me view that character in a not very flattering way. Uh, so Val temporarily leaves the Pussycats temporarily, to sing with Archie for some reason. Um, and Mayor McCoy says, don't worry, Josie, you'll find someone You'll find someone skinny and beautiful, but not as skinny and beautiful as you are. I was like, 
That's some weird shit to say to your kid. See, I thought that was sweet. She's being nice what? to her daughter. How was that sweet? She was saying, you're that's the most insane. beautiful and wonderful daughter ever. That's how you install an eating disorder in a child. Are you kidding me? Yeah, but the parents of this town are so messed up. That that's doesn't make in Riverdale. That doesn't make it okay. <laughs> also, everybody, you, everybody's a dick. What do you two think? I was going to say, also the one thing I, for some reason, first noticed in this episode is that everyone in Riverdale, except for the Blossoms and um, the Coopers, are all single, like, um, single children. Like, Archie doesn't have siblings. Like, um, Josie doesn't have siblings. Like, Veronica doesn't have siblings. Like, where are all the other, like, kids? Like, everyone just had one kid. I was like, we're, we're good. Like, hey, there's Valerie no- has probably. Yeah, that's right. And and jelly bean okay, is so, out there somewhere. Jelly bean, yeah. Or so jelly bean. <laughs> Who knows if she's real? Maybe Jughead is jelly bean. It's kind of like Betty being Paula. <laughs> it can't be true. <laughs> um, I think the interesting thing about Mayor McCoy. But by the way, do we does Mayor McCoy have a first name or is it just Mayor? Uh, I feel like we know it somewhere. Um, I can look it up. But uh, I think the interesting thing about Mayor McCoy is that she went on a like a journey in this episode because you really see her being pretty shitty to Josie in the beginning, but what? then like her husband is so shitty um, that she like reacts defensively and becomes like a legit like good mom slash stable presence for Josie to, by the end of the episode. By the by, her name is Sierra McCoy. Hmm. I think I did know that. Now you mention it. Mayor of Riverdale, mother to Josie. You're welcome. Oh. <laughs> the more you, yeah, she, yeah, she did. Uh, by the end of it, she did redeem herself in a big bad way. Mm-hmm. But, but it makes me wonder: would she have been able to redeem herself if her husband weren't even a bigger shithead? Oh no, that's that's like, that was that, key to what it. turned around. Is that the dad's so awful? And that's kind of sad. I just want a web series of all these adults back in the 90s and seeing how shitty they were back then as kids. Like Riverdale, the previous generation? Exactly. Yeah. I, I, I maintain that I think that whatever's going on with all those people is going to be key to Jason. Like, there's way too much random crap going on, with, with uh, especially with uh, the Lodges and the Blossoms, for that not to somehow play into kind of the big picture. Oh yeah, and, like their weird maple syrup background that will somehow be important. I just I can't like say that with a straight face. Like I don't. That was that was such a weird thing to also add in. Like you know why we hate each other, right? Well, your great grandfather killed your great grandfather. I know you've never heard of this before now, even though you're almost an adult. Like, how would you not hear about the fact that one family killed your family? And then live next door to you and, like, yeah. presumably have for a long time. Riverdale's yeah. not a big town. It's a small town with Pep. You would think <laughs> the, the family killing another family would be sort of legend in a town that size. It's certainly, I mean, again, going to Twin Peaks, like, that was a big, like, there were two, like, essentially warring families that had lumber mills, uh, like where a hundred years ago, one of the Martells got killed by one of the Packards. And, you know, like that's literally a thing that was built into that show, but it was like, 
it was town lore, and they kind of offhandedly reference it a couple times. Clearly, we need to do a Twin Peaks episode of Archie Digest. I know, right? Use our listeners. I like when it when it premieres on Showtime in however many months. They'll be like, okay, it'll be like the week after the finale, so you know, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Um, But yeah, like so, we had the Josie's mother stuff. We had Valerie. I love Valerie so much. Yeah, I, I and we had Archie and Valerie kiss. Yeah, this, like was a, this was a kissy episode, man. Um, yeah, it is. Oh, I, no, I big one yet. Though. Yeah, we'll we'll see that. guys. Yeah. we're gonna have thoughts. Well, yeah. well, 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 let's go with Fred and Hermione, um, where it's like, oh. and yeah, I was I surprised mean, we got all these first kisses, and um, the only couple that didn't kiss that we saw on screen were Jason and Polly. <laughs> well, he's kind of dead. No, but uh, like in the flashback there. They just kind yeah. of look longingly at each other in the same creepy way that he looks at Cheryl. <laughs> Except this time he looks so hard it put a baby in her. <laughs> <laughs> That's how piercing his gaze is. Which, uh, again, I, I think I said this his off... His stare. <laughs> I think I said this off mic. I don't know if we said it once we started recording, but uh, part of the reason that I asked Brittany to come on this episode is because Brittany figured that out, like, last week. <laughs> Now, I, was pretty, I was pretty excited. Sorry? What is it that made you think that? Just, I mean, anytime a girl gets sent away, it's usually because she's pregnant. And also then they were like, Jason was trying to get money. And like, why would you need to get money if, you're, if your girlfriend suddenly disappeared? Like, I just know. I just put the clues together. I felt like, oh, he's, he needs, I think that's the one line that tipped me off. They were like, oh, Jason needed to get money fast. Like, how fast? Nine months fast? Because, like, that's a specific timeline, you know? You need to get money real quick for a baby coming. So, I don't know. I feel like, and also I was like, this is a this is something that this show would probably do. So, I wasn't the only one that figured it out. There was a couple people on my timeline. Also, we were chatting, like, oh, definitely pregnancy. But I was like, yeah. I, I like, never get things right. So, I was pretty, pretty excited when I saw it. So, this is why we need to get you to guess who killed Jason Blossom. I, I don't. I'm see. I'm, I'm not good at that kind of stuff. I'm. I don't know because I've just throw it in. Cheryl. I think Cheryl was in a jealous rage. She didn't want her brother to run mom. away. Can can mom. we take? I just, never be back on this podcast with a with attitude like that. <laughs> I'm telling I'm Madeline. Never, I'm, I'm rooting for. It, I'm rooting for a TV show just because I love her so much and I feel like she's an interesting You're character. For TV Cheryl. What's Does that mean she'll be in jail next season? Unless she's but, on, almost, but then it could be like a, a Chicago like spinoff where she's just like this evil like murderess in jail and like singing like you know. <laughs> Orange is the new blossom. There you go. Yeah, she's getting her own spinoff. Now I, I want to uh, backpedal just slightly because um, I forgot totally to talk about this last week, and then Craig and I talked about this. Um, but uh, in the vein of the Jason Blossom mystery, there was a thing that, that there were two quick little things yes in last week's episode that I did not mention that I wanted to like kind of get out there, which is one in the scene where Betty and Jughead were in his room. Is it not yeah. just me that like that blue gym bag just sticks out like a sore thumb in that <clears throat> room full of like dark earth tones? And like they're, they're sitting there going like, where could he have hidden something? What's going on here? And it's like in the foreground of the shot, sitting on the piano stool, is like this blue and white bag in a room that's otherwise basically black. 
Uh, yeah, usually they show something like that. It means something. I don't think I noticed it when I watched it, but that's interesting. I'm going to pretend it means they're terrible investigative journalists. Fair. They have no I mean, idea. Like, not, I mean, they are... They are pretty bad. They were just touching all the. I mean, I like that they realized there was evidence in the car. They're like, "Oh my god!" And like, Jughead like threw the drugs. But then <laughs> that they was, I think, my pictures, part. Like, like, you know, they're they but not of the drugs apparently because they didn't tell Sheriff Keller about those. And why did they, they just said, "Oh, the there's this jacket and other stuff." Well, <laughs> why did they have to drive back to the school? Why couldn't they call? Also, my other theory is that Sheriff Keller is somehow the killer because he hasn't been. He doesn't have any backstory yet, so I feel like something's coming with him. That's kind of what? what that was the other thing from five that I wanted to kind of talk about. Was Why did they drive all the way back the, there to go get him instead of calling him on the phone? At Cheryl's uh, at Cheryl's memorial, we talked a little bit last week about like why or what what did um, what did Hal Cooper have to say to Clifford Blossom? Um, and Blossom. huh? No, well, nothing. here's my thing. I'm wondering if, because I mean, okay, so we saw the other five. We know that that Hal has the the documents from Sheriff from Sheriff Keller's house. I'm wondering whether he was talking to Clifford about that, like that Clifford no longer trusts his lapdog, the sheriff, and somehow he and Hal are in cahoots um, to steal these documents because they're they're thinking that they could do better. Um, so you think? You think? Betty's dad approached Cheryl's dad and was like, "Let's solve this murder." <laughs> I don't know. If Everyone wants to be in a like, Scooby gang. I, they I think they really hate each other so much that. Well, but all we have is their word that they, they hate each other. Institutionalize their children to keep it away from the other child, but they're like, Maybe "No, let's like, call this aside and solve a murder together, Shaggy." <laughs> Maybe it's the moms that hate each other, but the dads are like, hey, we miss watching the game together, but like the moms were the one that like started the feud, so they're like, let's secretly involve this investigation together. So we have something to like hang out and do. I while I like that in theory, I don't I don't think either of these guys watch football. First of <laughs> That's all. That's true. They don't look like football, bros. Second of all, the moms definitely didn't start it. The great grandparents started it when they started killing uh, each uh, other. But again, that's something that all we have is his word that has never been corroborated because Betty didn't hear it until she was seventeen. And, he, and this is when he was also telling lies like, oh, Polly tried to take her life. That's why we sent her away. Yeah, what, what kind of fuck-up says that about his daughter if it's not true? <laughs> yeah, I guess we can't really trust anything Hal Cooper says. Well, I also think that even without all of this pregnancy stuff, I, or maybe that's the wrong thing to say, without this whole murder mystery thing, I think Alice Cooper still would have sent her daughter away when she was pregnant because she's probably, like, super conservative and didn't want people to know that her daughter got knocked up. Well, yeah, the idea that they sent her to, like, a religious coven? Yeah. That's some weird bonkers shit. I, I don't know about... I don't know if it's so much religion, though. I feel like that is more about control and about the fact that the Blossoms have more money than God, so as soon as they know, it's going to be kind of out of Alice's hands. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like so, to me, it's almost like okay, we're going to send you someplace where we know where they know we know that this is what they do, and they're not going to tell anybody, um, <laughs> because uh, because as soon as somebody finds out that there's a baby in the works, uh, the the blossoms are going to do everything they can to essentially steal her. Well, can we talk about the idea that like, okay, so Polly may not be eighteen, but she's almost eighteen. Yeah, I was going to ask how old they're supposed to be. I think she's that cool. 
I, she's I think clearly able bodied. She's pregnant, oh, yeah. but like she's not like incapacitated. Why didn't she leave? Like just get up and walk. Like, that I, was my thought as I was watching the episode. I was like, you're just hanging out in a garden by your like there's nobody around keeping an eye on yeah, you. She, you could literally just walk away and I don't think anyone would notice. She had to jump dramatically out the window though. Which that's true after the fact, yeah. It, even though she's pregnant, which is like, yeah, that'll do wonders for the baby to jump, but oh then again, we live in a world where Veronica Mars, they could go off a cliff in a bus and a person oh. could still be pregnant. But I I have my doubts about whether that was actually Polly who jumped out of a window or whether somebody broke into that window. Because that blood looked like it was on the outside to me. Maybe so it was like, Jason Ghost. Oh my god, what if Jason Isn't she on like the second floor too? Like how did she either A, like survive the fall or B, someone get up there to break her out? Like, I don't think she's on the ground floor. No, that wasn't the impression we got. Um, oh. And, and I mean, to be fair, uh, the three of us were in that room <laughs> the day that we watched this episode for the first time. And so we can tell you. Was the room we were in? No, I don't think it was the room, room, but it was the room where Betty was on the phone and didn't have reception. Yeah, yeah, because we all joked about how we had better reception there than she did. Spoilers, <laughs> there's, a, spoilers there's a condom machine in the next room. Really? At the convent? That's crazy. Well, uh, you know, uh, Polly could have used that. Or Jason, I guess, could have used that. I don't think they had sex at the institution. Oh. I mean, mean, maybe. I don't don't know what those kids are into. Um, Dark turn. (laughs) Uh, Dark turn. Can we just say for a second how great it was to see Betty reunite with Polly? After, oh, not, was, after not knowing what happened to her or why or why she wasn't getting any return contact from her sister for the or from season. Jason or no, but why why <laughs> Betty was like I, she won't get like I can't get a hold of her like after all of that she was finally reunited with Polly that was a very nice moment it was like a win for the show and for the character yeah Betty and Betty really needed a win because it's been a rough it's been a rough while. But I thought it—I mean, it was kind of heartbreaking, though. It's like, so how's Jason? It's oh, like, I gotta go. <laughs> that would have been my response. Yeah. How's Jason? Oh shit! Look at the time. I'm late. Well, actually, not as late as you were. Oh wow. Pregnant. But no. yeah, I mean, that's a- yeah. we just had, we just had a pregnant pause. Oh Jesus. <laughs> oh. I um, <laughs> uh, and I, Russ is like, I can't let's, that. Let's jump forward past the, the convent, though, and go to the next kind of scene. Like, they get home. First of all, does anybody in this town actually eat at dinner? It just seems like every time there's a dinner okay. table, it's just fucking everybody's fighting. I think Archie, Archie's family ate dinner like that one while well, they were fighting. That's Archie true. And, uh, and the uh, mayor. And the mayor, yeah. People pick up food from Pops. It's true. That's true. No one. I don't know what to do. So here's here's the, the the more serious point that I wanted to make though was Betty seems to have gotten to the point where she gives no fucks about <clears throat> her parents, whatever. Because like she's being super. Like she literally asked Hal if he killed Jason Blossom. Oh yeah, Betty's beyond the beyond the stage of giving any fucks whatsoever. 
Yeah. I don't know. They, they didn't like punish her or anything either. It wasn't like, you're a grounded young lady. They're like, we can't control her anymore. Like, we can't. Yeah, her her not do anything. Betty tried on a different shade of makeup, and it was all downhill from there. Oh, man. She got rid of that pink lipstick and just became a wild child. Started accusing us of murder, breaking <laughs> into sanitariums. It was madness. Maybe set a car on fire. Who knows? Well, again, I think, I mean, if you want to get super analytical about it, I feel like the, the setting the car on fire is something that was totally within the capabilities of Sheriff Keller. Um, since presumably he didn't take Jughead and, and Betty there, um, like, without being able at some point to radio to somebody to destroy it. Why do you think he would do that? The DR, so are you still on the Sheriff Keller's in on it? I, I still of- am, yeah. I, st- I mean, again... I, I, my, my thing is this, he, you know, in the first couple of episodes, there were a couple of references to him being like a lap dog to the blossoms. Like there was the, the something about how like he serves a higher power, uh, and that's Penelope and Clifford Blossom. And then there was in four, I want to say there was a line about how, uh, Hermione couldn't go to the cops with her problems because she doesn't know if the, if she can trust the police. Well, see, there's things like that, but we've yet to see an outright, like, tangible connection <clears throat> between Keller and the Blossoms, as far as I know. Like, I don't think we've seen him sort of doing deeds for the Blossom family, have we? No, although, I mean, things like him just kind of skulking around while they're arran- while they're getting things ready for the funeral, and them telling him, like, oh, yeah, we're bringing all the suspects here because you're not doing a good enough job. Like, all That's, kind of reinforced. Yeah, that to me just rang like a shitty thing that the Blossoms do, because they're all monsters. Well, average day. I want to believe Keller's a legitimately good guy with a good kid. Mm-hmm. Well, since, since we're talking, though, about the whole fire thing already in the car, yeah. uh, there was a shot at the end of Betty and Jughead talking to Keller where they were kind of like, um, where it like panned up to show the speakers. Was that her hearing Archie doing the music, or was it to hint that the speakers might have been bugged? No, I, that was, that was I, cause the, the reaction shot that Lily did, I got the impression that she basically heard Archie and felt like, because she's been his best friend since childhood, that like, you know what, on a lot of, and on a lot of levels, I really should be here right now, but I just can't. Yeah, like she was missing, she was missing like a big moment in her friend's life. Exactly. Well, it was also a really interesting situation where I feel like they come or she comes to realize that they aren't the big part in each other's lives they would have been two months ago. Yeah, right. Bughead has become her sort of default go-to running buddy, and Archie's off having sex with literally anything. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of yeah I, I don't I was not a fan of like I as much as I love Val like I don't want to see I wish they had like a pussycat story that didn't involve Archie like getting involved because I feel like the pussycat story yeah, characters better you're right also, yeah like, can we talk like, about how shitty Archie was to Val or not Val to Veronica Veronica oh, Valerie, you want to help me see you later Veronica. Well, you were just doing it as a favor, right? It, that was just so mean. Yeah, but that gave Veronica the perfect, like, fuck him. I'm going <laughs> to destroy him type of attitude. Uh, I love that. I think that somebody who deserves a little credit, who will probably get no credit um, for this episode, mm-hmm. is Asha Bromfield. Because, like, Melody had literally zero lines. 
but like she acted. But she's there all the time. Well, and her, her like, she did a lot of good, solid, yeah, her nonverbal acting in this episode was really good. Like, she was clearly super uncomfortable when they did the, like, fuck you walk through the school past Archie and Valerie. Um, I think when they first started, when when, uh, Val and um, Josie first started fighting, her kind of was just like, like, kind of like she was mad, but also like done with them fighting all the time and just like not wanting to get in the middle. Like it was, yeah, she was really good. Meanwhile, I just want them to stop wearing cat ears everywhere. (laughs) See, the cat ears, I don't mind, but like the tails were like a little much when they were actually performing. I was like, oh, I forgot about these costumes. And no, but can't imagine this. Say you're like, say, let's pretend you go to Riverdale High and you show up for like Mr. Jenkins math class and you walk in and it's just a bunch of teenagers and then three chicks wearing cat ears. And you're like, what the fuck, you That's guys? That's their brand. It's their branding. High schoolers don't have a brand. It's well, children 17. High schoolers definitely have brands. Sierra's McCoy's daughter, you have a brand. That's- yeah, but your brand is like the 75th anniversary jubilee or something like that. Um, I don't know. It, it's just I feel like they're definitely, they're definitely high school girls walking around with cat ears. Like, they sell them at, like, Forever 21. Like, it's a thing. Well, sure, because they're all trying to be Josie and the Pussycats. On, on the point of branding, can I just uh, – one of the throwaway lines that I really wanted to comment on here. How does one headline a variety show? And if the Pussycats are indeed headlining the variety show, why is Archie going on after them? Yeah. And I also love, well, number one, I love that they had, like, the cat, like, symbol behind them. Yeah. But we also saw the Josie and the Pussycats logo from the comics. Yep, on the drum. a fun little twist. Oh, yeah. In addition to all the DC Rebirth covers that we saw very prominently in this episode. Yeah, we did. And the mascara that, uh, that Veronica, or not Veronica, Josie was using. Yeah, the cover girl. Well, the cover girl is every week. Well, there's another episode where uh, Alice Cooper, like, breaks out her compact, and it, or compass. Compact, that's the word, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Her foundation? Yeah, and it like had like cover girl logo on it. It's like, really? But if it pays for the show to be on, I'm that's cool. That's right. But right. yeah. yeah. That, the, the whole headlining the variety show thing didn't make any sense. And it made, you're right, it made less sense. We're like, and now, a dude with a guitar! Go on! <laughs> and you, and you can still see like Josie's instruments in the background. Like their drums were still yeah. up there. Yeah, I, I literally I took a screen capture of uh, of Archie standing in front of the Josie and the Pussycats like drum and display and taking his bow like no I'm done now but there's still all this other stuff over who owns this guitar I just wish that like Kevin Keller had done like a stand up set like a tight fifteen <laughs> like a variety show doesn't just have to be music let's get ju- yeah, like no you have can, can Reggie juggle Reggie can have wise guy jokes like his I think Jughead can juggle juggle and Jughead is a thing he is too busy solving murders and burning cars and kissing people <laughs> and, write, oh, and, and writing his diaries that's true. that's right about a town writing his memoirs that's true it is about a town or a state we, we had some confusion about that uh, the what oh yeah I don't even know <laughs> One of the things that I want to give uh, uh, a little kind of wink and a nod to is Sleuthster, which this is like the third time that this has happened. We haven't mentioned it yet. Sleuthster is the search engine that they use, (laughs) which I actually went to the website, and Sleuthster is owned by Warner Brothers, although it is inactive. Uh Which seems like a missed opportunity. uh, It seems like something Veronica Mars would have used, too. Like, did she use Sleuthster? 
I look at the later I seasons. Know that started. Smallville had something that they used. I forgot what it was called. I think but Smallville had Finder Spider, didn't it? Like X Files and stuff. No, they had something. I forgot what it was called, but it was a Warner Brothers own domain. Oh. I remember. Oh. I'm uh, just still disappointed that the sh- the at Cheryl Bombshell isn't doing much on Twitter. They've tweeted yeah. like twice. Uh, yeah, that's a weird that's a weird kind of thing. Yeah. Speaking of Twitter, um, okay, is his name Josh the one that you recruited to listen to the podcast, Russ? Josh Hill or something like that? Did I make that up? Jonah Hill. Jonah, Jonah Hill listens to the podcast. Yeah, I was just, I was giving him a shout out, because, but then I forgot his name because I'm lame. Great shout out, Craig. I know, and also a shout out to Betty and Juggy, who, which is a Twitter account. Oh, I that, thought you were talking to the characters on the show. I was like, I don't think you know how this works. Yeah, and hi to Archie Kins and Ronnie. And no, I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, Dylan McKay. But yeah, Josh, Josh, I gave the the shout out to on uh, episode two. I want to say, or maybe three. Um, I was just, yeah, I, but I, I, I was confused. Yeah. I was trying to figure out if he, if there was something that I, I was like checking my my mentions to make sure that he hadn't sent us something today that we were supposed to be talking about. No, he sent something to me at Riverdale TV. Oh, wait, can I get a shout out? Yes. Hey, shout out to my mom who doesn't know what a podcast is and isn't going to listen to this. <laughs> get him, Kim Hainer. Recognize. <laughs> I'm, I'm good. Oh, gosh. Now, I, I want to touch on another weird little – and I, we still have the, the kind of lingering thing of, of that other kiss that we want to yeah, talk yeah. about. But, Speaking um, of Betty and Jeggy, shout out. But another oh. little thing that I wanted to talk about real quick first. When, uh, you know, we were talking about how crappy everybody was to Ronnie. Obviously, one of the things that plays into that is the Fred and Hermione relationship. Yeah. Um, but uh, when Fred comes to Archie, Archie said something kind of interesting I didn't catch on the first time through, which is – he says, no, we're good, Dad. Like, I'm good. Mom's good. Uh, which, to me, stri- like, it's an interesting turn of phrase. I'm, I'm wondering if Archie is in contact with his mom and whatever's going on with her is not as mysterious as we kind of had told ourselves it might be. Yeah, it's, it, it's interesting because we know we're going to meet Archie's mom. Molly Ringwald plays her. She's just been stuck in detention for 30 years. Well, but so I so KJ did an interview this week where he was asked about working with Molly Ringwald and he said he actually didn't do get, get to see her much at all. Mm-hmm. So it makes me wonder if they're even going to have a scene together or if Mama Andrews is going to have a scene with Fred. It's both. Um, Cause when he talked to us, he said, when she comes back, it's kind of, she hasn't, he hasn't seen her for a long time. So uh, yeah, it was obviously really surprising when she walked through the door with Fred Um and the few scenes that we have with each other are really great, but we don't see her for that for that much. Interesting, interesting. So, and I think that's all. Nothing spoilery about that, really, other than the fact that like it's a thing that's going to happen, but it doesn't tell us anything about the story. Yeah, but it's, it's clearly it's it's not as if this is going to be some long drawn out thing where Molly Ringwald is around all the time. Yeah, which I'm, I'm okay with. I don't know why I assumed Archie's mom was dead for some reason. Like, when he was like, oh, mom's good. I'm like, oh. And then he's like, my parents are separated. For some reason, I just had assumed that, like, she had died. And that's why it was the two of them. Like, I don't know why I didn't think. Well, they separated, like, talk about any drama. Yeah. yeah, I feel like it would have mentioned something more. So, yeah. Jason Blossom killed her. I believe that. Or she killed Jason Blossom. 
And then, and then she got out of Dodge. It's uh, Chicago, right? Second only to my vibe theory. Wait, if she's in Chicago, what if she's not in Chicago, but she's in Shermer, Illinois? Oh, that's a very good point. Ooh. Uh, I, I almost I have to wonder if that's Jason a... Dogma comic book. Don't. <laughs> it's not good. I loved that comic book series. Oh. I certainly liked it when it came out, but I haven't read it since, like, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back came and stole a third of its plot. This is true. So, yeah, we're not going to get much Molly Ringwald, but I think we'll get enough to, like, kind of whet the appetite in hopes that she'll be back down the road. With her new husband, Jet Nelson. That would be cool. Yeah, <laughs> I, please. I, I would pay for that, yeah. You pay? All, all, of the cover girl, all of the cover girl ads. Just put them in there so we can get Jet Nelson. No, Russ is actually going to pay out of his own pocket. He just volunteered. Well, I mean, I, I, I bought this back when we had the first four episodes and, and they hadn't come out yet. I bought the season pass already. Like, I got to wait it a month and just bought stuff that I didn't already own on DVD. But, like, I'm, I'm paying for this show more than I need to. <laughs> I don't think I've ever bought a season pass of any. Well, speaking of things that you have, you know, for the show... Um, the contest is launched on our Facebook page. That's true, which technically is, is a violation of Facebook rules and we could get in trouble, but I don't think they care that much. There's a contest? Yes. Can I well, win it? We talked no. about this last week, man. You already know what? who killed Jason Blossom. Oh! Yeah, the first... Guys, I want to win this contest. <laughs> now, the first person to accurately guess it will get a replica Jughead cap made by somebody that Russ is close to. No, in this case, it wasn't somebody I'm close to. I literally just bought that one. Um, okay. Because <laughs> um, right yeah. after we were talking about it last time, and I was like, yeah, I can see if my mother-in-law or my wife can make one. And then, like, I found one online for cheap. And so I was like, <laughs> oh, hey, I'll get this one. Uh, and that yes, way we I, don't have to wait. I tweeted about it, and I, and I had a second tweet that said, if you work on Riverdale or you're in the cast or crew, you can't. Enter. So and you didn't mention me by name. No. <laughs> but uh, I did get a response from uh, Trevor, uh, Jason Blossom, where he's just like, huh? <laughs> like, he was like mad that he couldn't participate. And I was like, you are Jason Blossom. I think you know who killed Jason Blossom. I, I tell you what, if Jason Blossom, if, if Trevor uh, wants, a, wants a Jughead hat, we will make that happen for him. So he needs to be listening to the show, and then he can tweet at us and be like... Exactly. exactly. If, if Trevor tweets at us to tell us that he heard that on the show, I will absolutely make sure he gets one in the next couple of weeks. And if any cast members are listening, please like let us know, because we're not going to censor ourselves when we talk about you too much. That's Who is true. Joaquin? Joaquin is... Uh, what's his face? Is, uh, Kevin Kevin's Kelly boyfriend. Oh, the serpent? Yeah. Okay. Which, again, man... Uh, that 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 kind of scared look that he gave him about being Kevin about being Sheriff Keller's son, like I feel like that's more than just like oh he's the sheriff. I feel like that's a dirty sheriff. We know for a fact this guy's bad news. I'm still team uh, Kevin and Moose. Let's bring back Moose. <laughs> Caboose. Yeah, I I was telling oh. you last week. I found I have a Kevin Keller comic book that is like right by. I know the people listening can't see it, but you can. <laughs> Brittany, I can see there's, like I was looking through it, and there's a panel where like Moose is like just like hanging out with Kevin, and I'm like, okay, this is suddenly just really weird. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> you know, but I, I get it. It's like when I hear about maple syrup now, I just have a different connotation in my head. 
Like Riverdale ruins everything. I'm just kidding. Riverdale <laughs> makes everything wonderful. I agree. Now, uh, this is jumping around before we get to the big thing, which I think we're saving for last. The ratings took a dive last week. Was it a big dive? It was under a million. Oh. Which is not now, really I mean, a big dive because it's been around 1.2, I think. But it was, was 1.4 for a while. Well, yeah, it, it, it's been slowly declining. Um, but yeah, this is this was a, a hard week. What was uh, what was happening on TV last Thursday? Do we not was anything? I happening? mean, Arrow hit a series low that week too. But yeah, the CW is not having a great season in general. I think it's safe. And to Thursdays say are a hard night for TV. Oh, and how do you Shondaland? Shondaland. That's the thing. How do we get away with murder? Had their finale. You and can't. Com- you can't and compete. That's a rough thing to go up against. So I, would, I don't even watch that show anymore, but I like read all the reviews to see what happened and how to get so murdered. I. I wanted to know who died and who killed the person, you know, who killed what. And Dean Cain was on Supergirl this week. Was he? He was. Mm-hmm. Yes. And yeah. next week they're introducing Terry Hatcher, so I keep hoping. What else is, what else is there to hit on before we get to the good stuff? Well, uh, so... Well, going back to like the ratings, do you think everything will still be okay for season two? Yeah, because yeah. the Warner Brothers. Well, deal. I also think it'll rebound this week with how the how to get away with murder finale tearing it. Down. Also, uh, I know we're this is going to be running on Thursday, but um, we're recording on Monday and on Tuesday night they're actually re-airing the Riverdale pilot. After the flash, after the flash, but I think it's where it should have goddamn been in the first place. But it's also up against, I guess, I, is that when Trump is speaking? So anybody who doesn't want to watch Trump could put on Riverdale and should put on Riverdale. So maybe, like, I know. Again, going back to Smallville, some of the highest ratings of that show of that show was when they had like big, like political State of the Union addresses because it was the only thing on. Yeah. So maybe that'll help Riverdale. I sure hope so. And then they could just put Legends back on Thursday. And Oh, wait, Legends is almost done anyway. Yeah, yeah they wrapped today or recently. I think iZombie would probably even do better on Thursday. Then. I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know anymore. As long yeah, as we I get mean, season two, I'm happy. Yeah. I, I think we're solid with season two. I mean, I, I, the, the ratings, whenever it goes down, is, is scary because you don't want it to, to fall anymore. But I, I really, like... Whether they're officially gone or not, I think No Tomorrow and Frequency are, are functionally gone. Yeah. And, uh, I, I, I just, would feel powerless if there's No Tomorrow for this show. And uh, it's you use that joke on the pilot. Um, I, don't, I don't think powerless is going away. You Really? Yeah, no, I no, think I it's, think so, it's back I think next year. well enough to hold on. Really? Yeah. But I... Uh, but that's like, I think I, I really think that between the Warner Brothers Archie deal and the fact that CW is not going to want to cancel every new show that they launch this year, um, I, I think Riverdale is. I, I won't say that they're in good shape, but I think they're. I think that it's safe for a second season, well, and then I, next year there's going to be expectations. Well, I have a friend who I'm not going to name because I don't want like to like talk out of class with what she was saying, but she suspects that what they'll probably do is if they do get picked up for season two is they'll do what they did with Carrie diaries and bring in like a major character that hasn't been introduced yet. Like have like Sabrina be a regular character in season two or something to get more people talking. Yeah. I think that was going to happen anyway. So that's probably a really good bet. She can replace Sheriff Keller after he's revealed as the killer. Stop it. The Sheriff Keller is the killer. Sheriff Killer. Uh -uh. That's not clever. (laughs) 
Mm. <laughs> I, I'm just enjoying the fact that this theory irritates Chris so much. <laughs> it does. He seems like a nice guy. He loves his kid. Yeah. I don't know if he's a single dad, but like... Yeah, where's, where's his wife? He the killed around. Like, go get him, Sheriff Keller. You're a good guy. People are just dicks to you. <laughs> Craig. All I did is call him Sheriff Killer. Hashtag. <laughs> like a murderer. No, I, I you know, I... We're going to start a documentary making Jason Blossom's murderer. <laughs> We already have those. It's called Riverdale. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's like, like it's in cold blood. Oh, sorry. Uh, in cold blood? So, just sort of breaking down what we've... What, let's kind of look at what we learned this week about okay. the Jason Blossom thing. Prior to this week, what we knew is that uh, Jason wanted to... According to Cheryl, Jason wanted to escape being under his parents' thumb... Cheryl was helping him run away. What we know now is that Jason was trying to run away with Polly, and they were going to buy a farm somewhere with all their drug money and, like, raise their baby in eternal middle of nowhere, hiding from the world happiness. Two 17-year-olds. Two 17, you know... We're engaged. Hey, hey, tale is old as time. Couple 17-year-olds get engaged, sell a bunch of coke, buy a farm, have a baby... That's just, that's the way the world that's works. It's the next season of Here Comes Honey Boo Boo. Then what we, so, yeah, pretty much. What we know from there is that Cheryl helped him get across the Sweetwater River. So she and says. And then, then, so she says. Oh, I called, like it. And then made it look like the canoe had capsized and they were lost and blah, 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 blah. Instead, what we know is that Jason was held somewhere for a week. He was seemingly tortured, shot in the head, and frozen. That Sheriff Keller is mean. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. Um, I don't know. The freezing thing, man, that's that's like uh, chaos killer stuff. Yeah, because it's not. He can't say, like, well, he froze because he was in the icy waters of Sweetwater. We're like, no, it was summertime. Maybe Kevin Keller used to date Bobby Drake. No. No. I want my crossovers, damn it. It's one day, one day. (laughs) But that's what we know. Like the the essentially it looked like Jason contrary to what seemingly everybody in Riverdale thinks about Jason, he actually cared about Polly. Which is not the picture. Like, we got such a different picture of Jason in this one episode than we have in any other episode of the show, which has always painted him as kind of shit in. That's true. Last so, week, yeah, I, well, I mean, and... mm-hmm. No, I was just that whole episode. I was going to say, last week... <laughs> <laughs> last week we got the thing where it was like Cheryl was very open that, like, Jason was her protector. Like, she told the, the, the story that really got me right in the heart, where it was like Jason insisted that we share a birthday party because no one would ever come to my birthday party. Which I don't understand because Cheryl's awesome. I would totally go to her birthday party. Yeah, but she's a mean girl and a lot of people don't like the mean girl. Then this week we get the idea that like Jason loved Polly. He wasn't this horrible person that did a horrible thing to her that caused her to go insane. They were planning to run away together. Unless Polly is delusional. 
Sure, like we're we're <laughs> we're basing we're basing these stories that we're learning on the narrators that are telling them. Yes, and who knows how reliable they are, but it's painting such a different ver- a di- such a different picture of Jason than what we learned what, than the picture that was painted in like the first four episodes. Well, that was one thing that came up well, the last time we were on that. Oh, sorry. Jason's grandmother uh, bolsters. That, that it's not just Polly being delusional because Jason's grandmother has the same version of events. You know, she's kind of scary yeah. herself. Yeah, but she's, yeah, she's scary. But um, no, what I was going to say is when we were on set, that was one thing that Trevor was pointing out is like, he would learn about Jason every time he read a script. And like when we were live tweeting episode three, he'd be like yelling at the TV. That's slander. That's not <laughs> true. Jason wouldn't do that. Just kind of, yeah, they had that whole episode with the book where the girls found the book of like all the stuff that the about. guys had yeah. said. Yeah, yeah, and he was, you know, he's in the book, so I guess, I mean, maybe he was bragging to his friends or something. But it paints a different, different picture of him. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I'm sure there was still a part of Jason that was a 16 year old boy. But yo, I, I totally knocked up this girl. Yeah, but it seems to me there was more than what the surface would tell you about Jason Blossom. And it's I think it's I think it's awesome that they're kind of exposing that. And like you look at a character like Betty or even a Jughead and in a way they're kind of characters that have villainized what they think Jason Blossom is. And now they're getting exposed to the idea that like, oh, you might have been way wrong the entire time. And they have to kind of deal with that as they're trying to figure out who killed him. Alright, Russ, what else you got on your notes? Yes. Alright. I still have a bunch because we've been jumping around so much. What? Why don't we jump into? There's there's two quick things I, I wanted to touch on before going into the big one, and we talked a little bit about this last time. But there's the line in this episode about how um, Veronica wants to go back to the way things were, and that was an interesting line. Like to me, she had become such a different person, and like she is working so much at changing who she is that it almost kind of rang false her saying like I just want you know when he gets when dad gets out of the jail I just want everything to go back to the way it was well I think it's also because and she so, was disgusted with how things were going this week it's like everybody's kind of just like yeah. crapping on her and replacing her or whatever and then her mom's going around kissing other dudes that aren't her dad and, and her signature I, yeah, yeah I'm like I can't wait to see her reaction to Hermione like, well, she kind of had the reaction at the end of this episode where she realizes that Andrew's construction got the deal and Veronica just is like, huh. Well, here's the thing. Like, and it's it's sort of the same way I defend or react to the way almost anyone acts on this show. She's a, she's a kid. Like, she, yes, Veronica is changing a lot and for the better. She's like, becoming less of the superficial person she was and more of the realistic person she can be. But I still, I don't begrudge her for thinking back on that life as personal comfort because like who, who, anyone who comes from, I I, like, I don't know about any of your background, but when you come from a life where your parents have split up or your parents have separated, there are times when you romanticize the idea of what they were when it's not necessarily the reality of what they actually were. And also, Veronica was very close with her father, which we see in the Riverdale one-shot, mm-hmm. which is now available in comic book stores. If this is running Thursday, it came out yesterday, so go buy yeah. it. 
Yeah, and on Comixology if you want to get a digital one, because I know most people here probably don't go to comic book stores. Yeah, Comixology.com. Yes. I'm sure you yeah. can find yeah. it through ArchieComics.com somewhere. Or just go buy Indeed it at can. a comic they, they sell. Why do you way to go to a comic book store? Go to a brick-and-mortar store and buy a comic book. Just don't go... Never mind. I was going to trash my old comic book store. But I'll be nice. Moving forward a little bit, though, uh, I, I actually really liked the bit and, and when, when Veronica tells Archie uh, to focus on someone who makes you feel safe. Um, in spite of the fact that it wouldn't have made any sense because we knew what Betty was go- was doing at that time, I kind of half expected somehow for that to be Betty. Um, and I was really pleasantly surprised that it was Fred instead of some girl. Because yeah. I really like the relationship that Archie and Fred have for the most part. And uh, that that's one that I think, like, this one and the next week, or this episode and next episode are a couple of the, or starting with five, but going through seven, is where Archie is really, like, he's a good dude. Like, Archie is starting to become more of the Archie that you expect from the comics, where he's a lot less self-centered. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think that, like, a big part of that evolution would be focusing on relationships that aren't exclusively because the person he's looking at has nice legs. Hey, Dylan McKay might have very nice legs. That's true. Great hair. Great hair. <laughs> it does this thing. Whoosh. And he has a cool dog. Vegas. <laughs> Archie's little fear of werewolves. Yeah, that was yeah. weird. Yeah. That. <laughs> I, it I'm going to attribute that. Very secret marketing huh? for Dead the Hunger. That's exactly what I was about to say, yeah. Um, there is, for, for anybody who doesn't know what that is, what that is which you should... Um, yeah, there's an upcoming one-shot sometime this month, I think, um, called Jughead the Hunger, where uh, Jughead's a werewolf. Unless Archie Comics delays until, like, 2019. All I know is it no, has the comic book covers. The, of those four one-shots, two of them did get, get resolicited for April, yeah, and they're coming out later. Uh, yeah, the Archie's one, uh, which I think might have been a strategic thing, because now it's going to come out right around the same time as uh, Alex Sigura's novel, and Alex is the guy who's writing the Archie's one-shot. And then the Lil Archie one shot by Art Balthazar and Franco, I think, got resolicited. But it's no longer Lil Archie. Now it's Lil. Uh, it's it's another character. Uh, I can't remember who. Little it's G. Another Lil. Um, <laughs> it might it might be Sabrina. I don't. Know, I, I'll have to look. I'll I'll put it in the show notes. Okay. Um, but uh, it, previously it had been a Lil Archie one shot, and now it's a Lil somebody else, um, who is also from Riverdale. Reggie. Um, <laughs> no, it's not Reggie. I'm pretty sure the, the lead is female. <clears throat> Was Reggie even in this? Reggie was was heckling from the audience. He just yelled, go go back to playing football, which was weird because he was kind of supportive last week. I mean, I saw most of it. Also weird because let's talk talk about for the second the fact that like he's your star football player. Like, have you ever been to a high school where the star football player gets heckled when he tries to do anything else on stage? Like, that's just not a thing that really seems like it happens to me. I don't know. Or if they were doing it, they would have been doing it like good naturedly. Elbow what did you say, Chris? I'm sorry. I have no idea who the star football player was at my high school, so no. I mean, our school, my school was terrible at football, but I feel like they were still like popular people. Bill Belichick went to yeah, my high yeah. school. There you go. <laughs> I got kicked out of my high school band by the same guy who kicked out John Fishman. Who? Uh, the drummer from Fish. Oh, that makes sense. Does he spell it P H I S H man? 
No, I mean, he might on the records or something, but as far as I know, when he was at JD, he was with an F. Can you still know him? Can you tell him I hate him? I, I, I never met him, man. He was, he's like 15 years older than me. We just got kicked out of band by the same dude. <laughs> I salute that teacher. Anyway. So should we talk about but, the uh, big uh, Jughead yeah, size? Yeah, let's talk about the... All right, guys, it happened. Jughead is kind of not asexual for now, I guess. Maybe. Well, you know, even before that moment, there was like one scene where they're all talking, and Jughead just gave Betty this look. Oh, it so, yeah. was when it was when Betty was like talking about going on a date with Trev. No, it was this week. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, it was like a group shot, and he was just like totally giving her this look, and it was really kind of amusing. But when that happened, okay, well, when they one, were talking. When they were talking about the Scooby Gang, they were like, "Oh, the whole like Archie was like, can I come too?" And and he and then they look at each other and they're like, "No, we're good. Like you don't have to come," which is yeah. kind of cute. But you know, him climbing in the window was very Dawson's Creek to me. He's the joke. And I like that he said, "Hey Juliet," which is a great song. Also, I know he's also <laughs> referencing Romeo and Juliet, but like it works in multiple ways. Yes, it does. Yeah. So uh, like. Um, I wonder how much the internet might have a fit about the two of them kissing. Because as many yeah. people are for it, I'm for it personally. There are a lot of people who are very angry that Jughead is not asexual. Well, here's the thing. This doesn't mean that Jughead is not asexual. At all. Hmm. Like, there is still so many roads you can go down with this character he it could be something it could be a it could be something he hasn't figured out himself yet he, like these are these are kids who are 15 or 16 years old for all we know jug both jughead and betty have never been in relationships with anyone else betty's just been hung up on the idea of archie before she realized how like encrusted with stds he probably is like and jughead's just this, this who has who, the only things he's ever had to worry about in life or had to think about in life are like his family falling apart and hamburgers and trying to find a place to sleep that night. <laughs> like, so it's kind of important. He really hasn't, like, as far as we can tell with this version of the character, he hasn't really had time to have feelings for anyone else. And just because he can have romantic feelings for someone and still be asexual, like the, the two aren't mutually exclusive. It's just he who know who knows what's going on inside Jughead's brain, head. essentially. Inside Jughead's inside jug the Jughead, yes. There you go. Um, I also wardrobe wise, and again we referenced this earlier, but it's worth mentioning that like during our first set visit, they were shooting this episode. Like the outfit that Cole was wearing when the two had their first kiss, he was wearing when he came to do our interview, and I asked him about asexual Jughead. And and he basically gave me this long speech that amounted to, hey, man, if I was writing the show, that'd be the direction I'd go. But uh, I don't think that's what they're going to do. You talk about struggling with yourself in the comics. um, Most recently, Jughead was kind of identified as asexual. Yeah, I'm Uh, glad you brought it up. Is that something that you're going to explore on the show? Well, it's first off, I don't think it's I I personally would love to see that Mm. exploration but I'm just the actor. Uh, at the end of the day, to, to say that that's my job or my duty is probably a misunderstanding of the writer's role and the director's role and the producer's role. Like, I, if, if I was in full creative charge of this character, it would, you know, things obviously would be different. Things obviously would go a certain way, but it seems to me that they're not going to explore that angle. Um, and 
I think because, I, and that's, to me, that's kind of unfortunate, to be quite honest. Uh, I think there's a lot of room for growth in that, and I think that kind of representation is quite interesting, and I think it's needed, uh, frankly. But this is also one of those things where it's only really been canon in a single iteration of the Archie universe, and that's the Darsky's universe. That's it, it was said very shortly in passing, and it really wasn't addressed with kind of the fullness that I think it should have been addressed with. And unfortunately, you know, it has garnered... <laughs> You know, unfortunately for the other representations of Jughead, it has garnered much of the attention on his character. You know, this is, Jughead has not really been asexual until that single iteration of, of Zdarsky's comic about a year, maybe a year ago. Year, yeah. So it's not in the digest, it's not in any of the previous ones, and now it's become kind of the linchpin of his character, um, which I also don't know if that's right specifically. Uh, but I, I don't have that kind of control as an actor, um, to be quite honest. I, I would love to sit here and be like, yes, of course, <laughs> he will do this and this. But, you know, we'll see. I know that, you know, I, I, I know that Jughead's story right now has not fully been explored. And especially in terms of sexuality and his placement with, with the world. And I think because he as a character is so, so lost... Uh, just amongst himself and amongst his, his relations with everyone around him that I, I don't, I think there's a lot of growth available there and, and there's a lot of narrative that can be explored. But I really think if you want the answer to this question, you should point it at some of the creative leads on this show because I think that would be a little more poignant and you guys would be able to get better answers. Intensely, and that's, and that's sort of a line he's maintained since then. Yeah. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility to breach that in the future. Yeah, I no, think it's totally done. As Cole pointed out, though, I mean, that's just been said in like one comic book in 75 years. Yes. And even then, the current Jughead comic book series from Archie, he kind of seems attracted to Sabrina the Teenage Witch in the current issues. So I don't yeah, know. I mean, they had a date. Uh, it went horribly and it devolved into a prank war that lasted three issues. Um, that's awesome. <laughs> that sounds, yeah, that sounds dope. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and Jughead obviously was kind of outclassed by the fact that he was trying to wage a prank war against somebody who who, who controls magic, uh, can manipulate the forces of the universe. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I understand the appeal of having more representation for something like asexuality, which is something that uh, hasn't really been a, a topic of mainstream conversation up until very recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and I certainly understand that a character who's as mainstream and as beloved as Jughead, like it's kind of, it would have been the perfect time and place to like insert that. But also as we were saying in the first couple of episodes, it would be really kind of out of character for the CW of all places to kind of uh, take uh, a romantic or a sexual relationship off the table for a character without at least exploring something first. And when you have teenagers, man, they are not fully formed. And, you know, we're over on Supergirl. We got a 30-year-old main character who is just now figuring out that she's a lesbian. And they've handled that story really well. And it's one of those few opportunities where you get to see somebody actually working through that stuff and coming to that realization instead of just kind of coming into a series fully birthed as a gay character. Um, I also, I can totally see where, sorry. No, I was going to say, I just, uh, I also appreciate that the Betty and Jughead thing seems to give 
Betty more of what she deserves, which is she does deserve a character who will give her the attention and care about her and care about spending time with her rather than Archie, who just wanted to go bang his teacher. And as of right now, Jughead's such a more interesting character to me, at least, than Archie. Like, I find Archie the least interesting of, like, all of the characters on the show. Killer is more interesting than Archie. (laughs) Well, he's also a potential murderer, but, like, I feel like it's just more interesting. No, he's not! (laughs) I just feel like it's interesting, like, that, I mean... I'm sure it will be one of those things where Archie like comes around and realizes that he likes Betty because she can't have her now or something. But I feel like it makes it, uh, Jughead more interesting of a character, and it you know it just gives them more like. And I also like that they they had this kiss and then they didn't like they didn't talk about it, they didn't have a conversation. It was just like they didn't. It was just like a very quick thing. They had like a moment, and then they had another moment where they figured out something else about the murder. You know, they were they were focused on the case. They have this yeah. there's other connection. They have this growing friendship and this growing desire to stop this murder that. You know, maybe once it's over, they're like, hey, maybe we're, we're just got really in the heat of the moment of solving this case. Maybe we're not, you know, meant to be together kind of thing. And then they can go off on a different direction that way at the end. You know, they were brought together by this extreme circumstances. Well, I think it's I also, also kind of, very indicative. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I also kind of like the fact that, that Jughead is mature enough as a character that when she, like, when they have their big first kiss and the music swells and everything, and she's like, Oh my god, the car! His response isn't like, "Oh fuck you," like his re- like he very much rolls with that, and he's like, "Okay, yeah, this is the thing we're doing." <laughs> well, I I also appreciate about Betty and Jughead as compared to some pairings on the CW that seem to take over shows, is that the relationship doesn't overpower the LSC, their in- the LSC shippers. Now you're speaking to them. <laughs> okay, yes, they will follow. LSC shippers don't listen to our show because Craig is on it. This is true. Oh, they don't like me anymore either. <laughs> no, okay, so, but what I mean is, even if the two characters are together, they're still trying to find out who killed Jason. They're still doing this or that, and they still have their individual personality traits. It's not just, we're a couple now. I mean, even on Supergirl, the whole Monel thing is kind of taking over, and it's like, just let it breathe. Well, yeah. The- so there. So the reason I am pro this is like it's a coupling that makes sense. Betty and like, and I believe we talked about this in a previous episode. Betty and Archie doesn't really make sense to me. Neither does Veronica and Archie because Archie comes from a very stable, very <clears throat> sort of normal, not out of control home life, and these are all kids. The like all of his friends are kids who come from various degrees of broken or damaged home lives. But and Veronica it's, but wants it, a normal life. She she does, but like she thinks she does. She she thinks she wants a home life, but then she I don't think she does. And it, for me, it's very much exactly what Dawson's Creek was. The reason Dawson and Joey would never have worked in the real world is because they have no concept of each other's sort of frame of reference for what normal is. Like Dawson came from a well-off family and a like a very they lived in a very nice house and like he was he was the quintessential sort of like privileged rich white kid. Whereas the chick who had a crush on him was practically homeless, living on the other with side of the creek with sister. a pregnant sister, and and, and it, they just come from and that's that's the way I'm looking at Riverdale. Like 
Archie comes from one world, and all these characters come from another Wait, does world. Does that mean Betty is Joey? I think Jughead is Joey. But but Betty does have the pregnant sister. But Joey. Lily doesn't know who Joey is. Uh, that, stop making me feel old. But so yeah, I I think it I think it makes sense because Archie, he's very like in like if we're being completely honest, he's li- he's lived a rather sheltered existence. And Except for no, his mom leaving. Well, but I mean, even that, like or Jed Nelson, his mom left, but clearly everyone's a okay with it because he makes reference to the fact that like everyone seems to be down with it. So it's not that big of a deal. It's just, he he comes from a very charmed life compared to literally everyone he knows. What if Fred like, is the killer? No. Oh, no. <laughs> now now I'm now I'm starting to feel. <laughs> um, that would be so hard. Now yeah, I think uh, yeah, like the most I was gonna say the most or, scandalous thing Jason's probably ever done in his life is like or not Jason, uh Archie's ever done was sleep with his teacher, you know, like that was his one big crazy thing. Other than that, he's pretty sheltered. In the Riverdale one shot, there's a reference to him going over to Midge's because her parents are out. So maybe Archie was hooking up with Midge also, and that's why Moose is busy with Kevin. There you go. That makes sense. So much. Um, uh, I think we've, we've, we've talked a lot tonight. Uh, I, I just want to touch on one thing, which is it kind of leads out of this idea that Archie's kind of clueless and, and, <laughs> uh, and, and takes us out on kind of a lighter note. Okay, so in the span of like five minutes, we are we, we come to understand that Archie doesn't know who Josephine Baker is. He doesn't know who Bob Dylan is. I, I'm kind of wondering. We got Luke Perry to say the word Dylan, which made me happy. It's true. That's true. But I'm kind of wondering who his musical influences are beyond the ones that he's had sex with. Um, I, I literally wrote but, in my uh, notes like Ar- Archie is so bad at music. <laughs> Uh, like, but not, here's my like, thing. Play, but also like just in knowledge too. Josie makes the Yoko Ono reference at dinner. And then Archie, it's like 10 more minutes before Archie like says to Val, I don't want to be the, the guy who breaks up the Beatles. Like, do you think he had to go home and figure out who Yoko Ono was before he could? <laughs> he he, def- he definitely sluicered that. Like he went home and was like, who is Yoko Ono? I like, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, that's what I like. I love about this series, though, is like a character like Veronica will make like pop culture references, and Re- Archie will have no idea what she's talking about. Archie sucks. <laughs> but I will uh, like say, I, said, I like Archie a lot better in the last couple of episodes when Archie is being a genuinely good dude and yeah. like not focusing everything around his perseveration of the moment. Um, that then I'm I'm much more behind him. All right, guys. Any final thoughts? Uh, we we, we got to do our our who killed Jason Blossom. Uh, for for those of us who haven't already said it. <laughs> but uh, besides uh, our Jason Blossom theories, is there any any final thoughts on on this week's episode? I mean, this is this is a huge episode, and we jumped around a lot. I'm sure there's still plenty more to say, and I'll end up coming back with another thing like I did with five today. But. Uh, I thought it was great. I'm really excited to see where the Polly story goes. Um, I can't wait for her to, I'm assuming, come in contact with other people in and around Riverdale. Because holy hell. Um, But yeah, I thought like episode from top to bottom. 
Yeah, I, I feel the same way. I loved seeing Josie again. Yep. Even if she was in a really bad oh, mood. Oh, that Pussycats performance, though. They, they yeah. did I Feel Love. Yeah. I've been waiting for this because when, I don't know, because we were at different tables at that first oh, yeah. visit, and Josie sang I Feel Love to our group, and it made my heart sing because I love that song. And I was like, oh, they're going to crush it. It's going to be glorious. And they did, and it was. And I loved that Valerie, you know, again, had a decent-sized role this week. Um, And, you know, maybe an Archie and Valerie thing will continue. Um, I liked the intrigue with the whole thing with the mysterious buyer of the drive-in. Although, I thought it was referenced earlier in the series that Fred had that contract. But... Maybe I just imagined that. No, he, he uh, when he w- got the contract to tear down the drive-in, oh. his rationalization for it when Jughead was challenging him was basically that he ter- if he turned down the, the, the gig to tear it down, he would never get the contract to rebuild it, which could be a bigger one and employ a lot more people. Okay, now I get it. Um, yes, yeah, so that was, uh, that was really well done, and I mean... It was really crappy what Hermione did to Veronica, but it's going to make for good television, so I'm okay with it. And, yes, yeah, seeing more about Polly, I thought that was really cool. I mean, it's amazing that in just, like, six episodes we got to this point. So I'm happy. That was actually, to your point about uh, about uh, Veronica, I, I had almost the same note about the, the Coopers not telling Polly about Jason's death. It's like, I, I can't imagine a scenario where that makes sense. Like, especially, like, they could totally have used that to make her more... Crazy. Like, easily, more easily controlled. At the same time, by not revealing it to her, it means that we got to see it play out on screen. And that was just... It, it was just... It was absolutely crushing. Like, uh, the... the, the this episode? Woman who plays... Who wrote this episode? Uh, let me look. Because they deserve a shout-out. But, yeah, the the... the, the Woman who plays uh, uh, Polly, who I'll also look up and shout out to. I know I follow her on Instagram. I'm not even trying to say it. Yeah, that's that's kind of why I'm looking because I, I I know that the spelling is is weird and I'm you know not good with that. It's, it's gonna be like Camila or Madeline where we just say the name wrong for a couple of episodes before getting it right. There you go. All right, so uh, this episode is written by Tessa Lee Williams and Nick- Nicholas Zwart. And who directed it? Wikipedia. Stephen A. Adelson. Well, they did good jobs. Brittany, do you want to offer your thoughts to the episode? I really, really like this episode. I cannot wait for the inevitable showdown of, like, Polly versus Cheryl. Because there was a a lack of Cheryl this episode. And so I'm just, like, waiting for that moment. Or, like, at least uh, Cheryl's mom versus Polly. Like, that family is going to find out that girl's pregnant and they're going to go crazy. So, like, I feel like it left a lot of really good threads. That I'm like really excited for like the whole Veronica having a stake in her parents company thing like that has to mean something like that was kind of like a loaded gun they kind of just left on the table there for and you know she's definitely gonna blackmail her mom somehow because she was not happy with that with where she was left so I like that it like left a lot of really good threads it like kind of you know gave us some more stuff about Jason it gave us some more stuff about Polly's story so we kind of got some things tied up and then some things they're leaving a, a breadcrumb trail for us to you know carry us through the next couple episodes that I'm really excited about. Mm. And I believe that the the girl who plays uh, who plays Polly, her name is Tierra Scopey, unless I'm butchering that, which I probably am. But again, I wanted to kind of give a shout out to that because, like, 
I thought she did a great job. And I thought that especially like that, that like 45 seconds of her playing out the reaction to Jason was just fucking heartbreaking. It was hard to watch. I also oh, was- young versions of them at the start of the episode too. Oh yeah. That was super cute. like little Betty and little. Bobby. Oh yeah. And then casting wise, those kids were pretty yeah. spot on. Yeah. I, I think I think we need to see a little Archie episode at some point also. And I and see a, I'm down for that. You know, go I want on. to see like more about live Jason. Like I would love to see a flashback episode where we actually get to see Jason. Like we've seen a little bit of clips where he doesn't really talk that much. Like I'd love to episode just to start with like a minute or two of just him in school or him with Archie or just you know something so we get to know who he really is too before you know before he died. Well, we do I now. I feel like that they're intentionally making him. Sorry, uh, I I feel like they're kind of intentionally making him more an idea than a person right now because that right. allows them to like the flexibility to unveil something new every episode. I, I feel like not, you know by the end of the season we'll start to know. I was going to say I wouldn't right? be shocked if finale has a bit of live Jason in that like yeah. in like recap showing what actually happened because we know Trevor was up there when we were there when they were filming the finale. They wouldn't fly him up just to talk to us. Yeah. So well, th- doesn't he live there? No, he lives in LA. Oh, okay. I take it back. Which is why we're yeah. going to try to get him on our on, on our finale party. Uh, oh, is that what we're doing? Cool. I'll That's what I'm doing. It's it's going to be weird because I doubt we're going to get that one as a screener. And that's so, kind of why I want to do, like, if we yeah. can, uh, I want to I want to try do to get some guests actually. because it would be. Um, if we got to do it as a live stream, uh, which I mean, I'm down with, but if we, ha- if we have to do it that way, like making it a little bit more exciting and a little bit different from, cause there are some other post, uh, like post show podcasts, um, Hiram's Lodge, which we actually name dropped last time. Cause we thought it was such a cool name. That's a good name. Um, yeah, they're following us. Hopefully we should yeah. be following. I yeah, we're, we we're following them. We're, 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 really uh, cool. I, them I like them. I think, um, I think the Riverdish people are following the Riverdale TV account too. So shout out to them. Yeah, I, I got to look at the Emerald City video you, account. What? I said I got to look at my Emerald City video account. Hiram's Lodge started following ECV. Um, yeah. I don't know why they uh, need an official podcast when us unofficial people are so awesome, but apparently there is. Craig says bitterly. What, did you say your thoughts on the episode, Russ? Yeah, I guess uh, you did. I mean, my, my thoughts on the episode. Yeah, I, I mean, we were talking about a lot of stuff, but I, I mean, this episode was my kind of, I don't know about favorite necessarily, but this one was like, holy crap, like so much stuff happens and almost all of it's really good. And, and like, I think this is one of those episodes that's like really rewatchable. And uh, if not for the fact that you come into so many stories in midstream, this would be a great episode to show people to be like, dude, you have to watch this, this show. And there's so many good performances in this episode too, which make it fun to watch. Like I watched it once and then I kind of skipped around and watched it again, but I watched all the performances because they're all pretty good. I really enjoyed, uh, this is like some context. We first saw this episode when we were in Vancouver. There were six of us watching it together in the place where Betty's phone didn't work. And it, it was more fun to watch with friends, I found. Because we all were yeah, reacting. It was a lot. I mean, like when Polly yeah, was taking photos of all of us watching it, and Twitter was getting jealous because we were watching new content. Should we remind everybody of where to find us? Sure. That seems like a good idea. Uh, why don't we start with Brittany? You can find me pretty much all the time on Twitter at kind of movie snob, K I N D A movie snob. And that's where all my stuff is all my writing and my, and I'm also on the flash podcast. As I said before, where do you find the flash podcast at? Is it, does it have a website or just on the mountains? 
theflashpodcast.com. We're on iTunes. We have a Twitter, The Flash Podcast. So we're inescapable. Just The Flash Podcast and we're there. Awesome. It's like those black flashes that chase after you if you're like a time remnant. Yeah. Time rate? Time rate. Yes. You're welcome. Thank you. Go ahead, Craig. Uh, you can find me at ksitv.com and a million other places. My Riverdale posts are always retweeted at Riverdale TV. That's also where you can tweet us about this very podcast. So if you have questions, things you want us to bring up, things you want us to shout out, do so there. Cool. And, and ksitv.com. And you, Chris. Uh, all my writing is at screenertv.com, formerly known as Zap to it, a subsidiary of Tribune Media. That's right. Uh, I'm at Chris Hayner on Twitter, C-H-R-I-S-H-A-Y-N-E-R, also on Instagrams. Also, at Waterworld Photos on Instagram to see the best damn pictures you will ever find of the Waterworld stunt show from Universal Studios Hollywood, a.k.a. the greatest thing that's ever happened to theme parks since Pirates of the Caribbean pre-Johnny Depp. All right. So yeah, at Waterworld Photos, my enjoy. I'm a big fan of Atwater World Photos. And I'm, uh, I'm Russ at comicbook.com. Uh, that, that you'll, you'll find tons and tons of my writing there. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at, at Russ Burlingame. That's hard to spell, so I usually tell people just do at ECV underscore podcast. That is the Emerald City Video Podcast, a podcast where I get together with people who I used to work at a video store with 10 years ago. We talk about movies, and literally nobody listens. Yeah. I also want to say while we're on here, um, you know, I was looking at the stats for our podcast, and it seems like it's growing the last two weeks, especially now that we're on iTunes. So please subscribe to us on iTunes, leave feedback, reviews, etc. But thank you, everybody, for listening. And, you know, as always, if there's stuff you want us to bring up, you if you want us to shut up about certain things like Sheriff Killer, we can do that. You yeah, know, Shut up about that. And yeah, <laughs> you don't get a vote. Yeah, rate and review on iTunes. That's big and that's very helpful. You can also find yeah. us at archidigest.podbean.com. That's true. Or on Facebook, where we are Archie Digest, a Riverdale podcast. Podcast about, about a, story. a story about a town, about a state, about maple syrup. Oh, God. No matter what happens, if we become huge stars. Or if we end up hitchhiking back to Riverdale, we will always be friends first. <laughs>